0: You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a Final Fantasy Thirteen series Games Club podcast. This is episode 9, covering the back half of chapter 11, and I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is.
1: Graham Marcuson, Matt Marcus,
0: and Justin Bortnick. We ended last episode after debording the Atmos, and we're continuing on heading towards Awerba into the Taijin Tower.
2: so as the heroes approach the tower Vanille recognizes that they are close to Urba and that flying around in the sky is a falsea destroying flying creatures with ease
1: there is a seath stone here that's like active and you can take a mission from it as a guy who like just went through Mahabara and Sulia Springs and there were uh, seath stones that were inactive because they didn't I didn't complete the prerequisite missions. It was really nice that at least this stone was active, and I didn't need to like finish any prerequisites.
3: Yeah, it's because it's a warp stone, and they want you to be able to warp back here. Yeah, uh, but they that
1: didn't. That's not what happened with the the war, waypoint stones back at Mahabara and Sulia. No, yeah, but because it, it, this
0: time they finally decided not to fuck you because it would take you way too long to get back with right. it.
3: Right, yeah, and the, they do the same thing when you get to Oerba. Like, I did, like, two missions, and this one activated and the one in the middle of Oerba activated
0: because those are warp stones. Yeah, this yeah. is effectively the start of a new stone chain.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree, I just think it's silly. Stone chain's not a very good wrapper.
2: So there are enemies around here called Madagarmers that are... They come in packs but it's not it's not so bad uh they attack with a powerful storm conduction but any sort of defensive that you have is gonna really help out with that they also have a high chain bar and a lot of help because they're in packs so kill them as fast as possible and stay tuned for our new podcast Armor sucks where we evaluate every monster in final fantasy 13 one episode at a time
0: they're all bad <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta do you gotta do that for every episode
1: to just repeat. I'm good. Yeah, I like the adamantus
2: mm. <laughs> Yeah, I like the toys too. He just does a lot of damage. Yeah, but he's
1: big <laughs> and he stomps and he. They're <laughs> yeah, really his quakes triggering
2: are good. me
0: right now by saying he's big and therefore interesting because Mark says that on my podcast and that's not true. <laughs>
3: Uh, well, I mean, the, the key with these guys, uh, they can cast imperil on you, which makes their storm conduction actually dangerous. So you just have to be able to remove those, which is easy
0: because you have medics. Inside the tower, there are tall statues of golem-like soldiers. The heroes hear voices in their heads and they are told to leave. But when they plead to the statues that they need to get through the tower, they are allowed, although some think it's a trap. A roll elevator activates, ready to take them to the second floor. It is incredibly convenient that Fang speaks ye oldie statue. Yeah.
3: I like this tower. I like the aesthetics of it. It feels very, like, Final Fantasy X to me. The flip side of that is that this whole section feels like it comes from another game and shouldn't be here. I agree with half that. <laughs> it's a very strange change of pace in this particular place. And when you think about it, like... Does this do anything to the plot? It's No, it's just a waypoint on the way to Awerba. But I, I like that when the Rollovators, we're calling it, goes up and down, there's a little music track, like it's a music box, and it's playing notes, and that, that comes in more later, but I, I but
0: like that's that. that's the touch. only cool thing. It's so visually boring, and you spend like four or five hours here fighting dudes with way too big health bars. Yeah,
3: I, I didn't have as much trouble with this one. I think this one only... I didn't have trouble
0: with it. It was just boring.
3: (laughs) I ended up skipping a lot of fights because you can just dodge a lot of these mobs. So I
0: ran around a lot of them, especially when I was double backing. Oh, the heroes then get to see the strange flying falci Dehaka up close. I think it has a cool design.
1: It does have a cool design. Dehaka was my favorite character from Starcraft 2.
0: That does sound like a Zerg name. It is. He's a Zerg. Mm hmm. Wait, what? He's a, he's a Zergy. He's oh my a Zerg god, guy. you're right. I just played all of that this year and forgot about it. Yeah. He's the,
2: <laughs> okay. he, he is primal, as he says. Yeah, yeah. God. yeah. I mean, he
3: looks like a ceremonial mask of some sort flying around
0: with arms and like this big tail with uh, little pearl spheres behind it. I think what you mean is he looks like an anal bead chain What with arms. I. <sighs> They even get bigger the closer to the plug, which is his face I was
3: I was going to say that doesn't look like something I would put In my butt, but that would imply that I would.
0: <laughs> Uh, anyway Alright, so what enemy in the game does look like Something you'd put in your butt uh, Well, you probably want to start with a flan for, for lubrication Oh, it's the flan in a funnel, huh? I gotcha <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Uh grab carry on grab take us out of here please
1: (laughs) a new enemy here is an automaton type a pulse gladiator they're not any different from previous automaton types except that they come in like uh bigger groups like three or four
0: they seem to have like less less elemental resistances like you pop them all real fast
3: yeah these guys to me these guys represent a bit of a problem with the back half of 13 because you know you think at this point in the game It shouldn't be giving you encounters where you can just use Relentless Assault to just mash your way through this and get five stars. But that's kind of what happens here for me. Like, I just roll up super aggressive. I beat them all. The one wrinkle here is that their uh, swinging arm attack knocks you down real hard, which is a real goofy animation. (laughs)
0: Oh, where you fly up into the air and then land on your back, like, destroying your vertebrae? No, I, like, I
3: thought it just, like, literally just shucked you down on the ground really hard. Like, you didn't even get any height. It just, like, really comedically knocks you over. But it didn't really change how I played at all. Like, maybe I had to heal if things got a little dicey. But otherwise, I just rushed these guys. And
0: you really shouldn't be doing that in the part of the game. That's why I'm so bored. You do that to every enemy in this area. (laughs)
2: They're actually related to the Giants from Skyrim, which is why they both do that knockout.
0: Never played Skyrim. I haven't played Skyrim in like seven years because it's boring.
2: That's why I stopped playing it. But I did see those Giants that
0: if they hit you with their
2: club, you bounce up to the skybox and fall down.
0: Oh, I vaguely remember (sighs) that now. That sounds pretty good.
2: (laughs) A bug so good they refuse to fix it.
1: In order to progress, the player must complete mandatory hunting missions identical to the missions they get from Seath zones. The first mission, number 21, is to hunt down the Gelatitan. Gelatitan can be tough; it hits hard and has several debuffs at its disposal. It's important to stagger it quickly so it can be launched and chained.
2: Second mission uh, this far, uh, number 22. For those keeping track at home is the return of the Ambling Bellows, which is a monster that you might remember from Mahabharata. The Bellows is a strong phalanx-type enemy with crypto allies, and the trick is to minimize your damage intake by killing all but one of the cryptos so that the Bellows doesn't summon additional allies. But it still hits hard, and you'll still need
0: to defend yourself. You can also just summon Odin and win the encounter. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The third mission of the floor is uh, the Gurren Gatch, uh, mission number 23. It is an armadillo type, and uh, he's much more formidable than the others, and he is only susceptible to imperil, and that's even very hard to land.
1: I got a random Sager with this guy, and he went down really quick after that. So I'm really glad, because I didn't want to fight him. All I, just skill. Snuck up,
3: I just snuck up behind him, because these guys are like super easy to get a preemptive strike on.
0: Oh, yeah, well, that's, I, that's even better. I, yeah, you Ooh. do that, and then you kill him before, like, the stagger bar is even over. Yep. After you defeat all three hunts, the stone statues, the Menhirim, extinguish the fire, blocking the hero's path. When Dehaka returns, the three Menhirim attack it and take off a portion of its marble-like body. Another statue fixes the elevator for the heroes. Dehaka is very fun to say. <laughs> You know, there's, like, two times in this tower
3: where, like, Tahaka shows up, just, like, attacks part of the tower that you were trying to traverse through, and then there's just, like, permanent fire or ice in your way until the statues just d- decide to get rid of it. It looks real
0: artificial and goofy. But oh, and I, then they copy and paste that idea four times in a row. <laughs> well, I, I only saw it twice, but, like... Yeah, it's definitely no, I mean the I, I mean the structure, right? Oh like, yeah, yeah, the structure, yeah. Go up a floor, do three hunts. The Dahaka shows up and we slice him up, and now we go up a floor and do it again.
3: I still think like the scene of them coming together slicing off his tail is pretty rad. But I find this whole thing in the cosmology very confusing because these statues are clearly magical because they're made of stone, they're moving around, they're warping around. But they're clearly not powered by a falci because they're fighting a falci. So, like, where is this magic coming from? Like, we know humans can't do magic. You know, they only come from falci unless you have mana drives. Like, so none of this, like, makes any sense.
2: Why does it have to be magic? Why can't it just be advanced technology? Yeah. (sighs) There's so many problems.
0: Where do they come from? Where do they go? And then, like, how do people get through here when they used to live here? Right. So, what you're you're asking. (laughs) So what you're asking is, where
2: where did they come from, where did they go, where did they come from, Hot Night Joe?
3: Yes, that was the joke. Yeah. I mean, this tower also used to be, like, whatever, another three or four times as long as this, this area is, because, you know, you see the tower, it's partially toppled over, and in fact, when you get to the top, you take, basically, one of the elevators through the broken section down to the ground again, and, like, yeah... I don't understand why
0: why this tower is here. Why do these things work this way? It's here because it was in the cut CGI cutscene, and that was expensive. So <laughs> if you saw it in the cutscene, you have to go there and do that, even if doing it is the worst.
3: Right. I mean, again, I like this tower, but it creates a yeah, lot I, of pre- questions like
0: that for me. I like it, but what if it was like one floor and then you went to the top?
1: Mm-hmm. Up on the fourth floor, new enemies are found. The Flying Seath enemies of Varkolachi are quite easy. The Yaksha and Yakshini enemies are similar to the Dancer Demon enemies from before, but these hit harder and come in larger groups later on in the level.
0: So More
2: hunts at this point. I'm, I don't know. I'm tired of this stage at this point.
1: Yeah,
0: me
2: too. I think we all are.
0: Mm-hmm. You gotta do another hunt. More
2: hunts. first one is number 24, which is Ushusha Mush- Mushusu, I think. That you yeah, say that? yeah, he's, probably. He's, he's like the like the dragon from No Mulan.
0: Yeah, dishonor on you, dishonor on your cow. Come on. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, he's he's covered by two yashinis. You have to worry about the buffs and the debuffs, so take care of them first. The Mushusu is very magic resistant, but. Very, very weak to just straight up being hit with a sword. You know, I think that, like, most things in the world are very susceptible to being hit with a sword in my personal experience, but this thing
0: especially. Dude, my chain gauge is at, like, it's like 101% max. <laughs> the vampires see that the area are strong, they hit hard and take a while to kill. Their aroga spell does an obscene amount of damage and definitely interrupts your entire party's attack. Uh, whale can daze party members and i think inflict stop for like three seconds i think that's what daze is is that it's a short stop okay whale can daze party members and they can also debuff your party despite all of this it's very vulnerable to elemental magic even if it staggers slow and just takes forever to kill by the way, uh, this entire time, I've been
3: thinking about how if you're running around with your stagger at 100, are you like constantly edging?
0: No, well, my meter's at 101%, so like I drop <laughs> something on my foot, and then I just like fly up into the air, and that's why my ceiling's full of holes. <laughs> you're just playing with stagger lock all day long. Yeah. <laughs> that's what edging is. Yep. Stagger lock is definitely edging. <laughs> Sting had the most OP stagger lock. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, man, a staggered gauge goes to a thousand. Anyway, so the next mandatory hunt, number 25, is a Vitala. It is a floating triangle-like looking thing uh, that has a multicast ability that bombards the players with magical damage. But its real wrinkle is that it puts up a barrier that basically blocks all damage that is physical. So the key here is to debuff it because you can imperil it then stagger it real quickly, dump on a bunch of extra debuffs, and then just unload on it for lots of damage. Even when you stagger it, the barrier will come back up about you know, a third to three quarters of the way through the stagger bar as it's uh, draining down. So you really do want to rush the damage as quick as possible in the first
1: half of its uh, stagger meter. That makes me so angry. Mm-hmm. I've gone to a good rhythm with these guys because like, where I buff myself up, Broke his barrier, put debuffs on him, and went all out with commandos before he could put the barrier back up. Yeah. There's still long fights, and you'll fight a whole bunch more of these
3: guys in a few minutes or hours. Uh, And yeah,
0: I mean, they're they're okay fights, it's just a little obnoxious. Are we at Crystarium 8 or 9 now? We're at 8, I think. Okay, so it's not yet that you just obliterate these guys with Army of 1? Yeah, you don't have Army of 1 yet. Our one is the fucking best.
1: I'm no one's
2: slave! There are also enemies called chan-chans here that are not particularly tough, but there are a lot of them, uh, and they have pain and poison. Basically, they're only going to be a real problem when they're paired up with some other type of enemy. But there is the return of the giant centaurs in the Tyrants, and they haven't done anything really different. They're just better versions of the pre-existing enemy. They have a new ability called Pulse Fire, but you probably won't care. And if you can get a preemptive attack on them, then they're just stagger them, and they won't summon any allies.
3: Does anybody even bother to cure poison? Poison like doesn't matter. No, it does
0: not. It's the most
3: worthless status effect.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? What if we introduced that early in the game before you had eight thousand hit points? I mean, they did, but it still didn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have yet another mandatory hunt. Number twenty-six is. Did anyone, any human ever pronounce these before?
1: These are all names from, like, ancient mythology, like Sumerian. Penangalan? Thai. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, the, the language, everyone speaks Sumerian. I, how could I not know this? Mandatory mark number 26 is Penangalan, a special version of the seeth Bat Enemies. It uh has deep... That's usually pers- what
3: I order when I get Thai food. Oh, the Penangalan
0: fuck curry. Fuck you! Yeah. It, it, <laughs> It has deep protect <laughs> poison-ga, and aeroga, and all of these moves are <laughs> devastating. The chon-chons it comes with are very easy, and you should just obliterate them very fast. The men hear yet again attack dehaka and yet again destroy its marble body, and the heroes finally find their way to the apex of the Taijin Tower. Oh yeah, there's this fight against three vampires here right next to the elevator where you go up, and this fight is super hard, and... All of the vampires uh, doing a very quickly in quick succession is very deadly. So I looked it up. The Penanggalan is actually way cooler in actual mythology than it is here. Whoa, you imagine that? It's, it's <laughs> a
2: vampire ghost, but it's just the head with all the organs hanging down
1: beneath oh, it. Oh yeah, that Ooh. thing. I've seen a movie with one of those and
2: And it's a vampire ghost. And it, it likes vinegar. That's all we know about it. Anyway, it's way cooler than the thing in this game.
0: Yep. Everything is way cooler than the thing in this game.
3: <laughs> I skipped so many of these encounters because I went the wrong way on one of the earlier floors and had to backtrack. So I just went, you know what? I'm gonna fight the minimum number of these fights unless there was a fight that looked interesting. And the three vampires was like, Nope, I am not doing that. So I just ran right around it.
0: I went the wrong way on the one where you have to navigate up and down between two different oh, floors. Oh, that one sucks.
3: And- that one because no, what happens you have to go and Talk to one of the statues that isn't giving you a mission. It just rearranges the floors, and then you can go on the stairs from and then five the to ice six. breaks, and then you go back
0: to the ice.
3: Yeah, so like that. That that was not well flagged. There are a couple of things in here that are not
0: well flagged, and yeah, we'll get there. This entire tower is just a giant haze of fucking kill me, please.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we're almost done. At this point, we take the elevator up to
3: the apex, and we start the fight with Dahaka. We finally have fun! Yes.
0: Ready for my salt levels to continue to rise the further into the game we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are we fighting this guy? What is the point of killing this guy? What was he doing to us? He's in the way. Well, we saw him in the cutscene, so you gotta interact with him, and the only way you can interact with anything. He
1: got sassy with the heroes. He needs to be taught a lesson.
2: Oh, like, is it is it just that he's a
1: falcie?
0: Like, we gotta kill all of them on principle. No, that's not even your plan yet. Your plan is to just go to a town.
3: Yeah, it's just they—they they put him in your way because he
0: put like the whole tower is—it's in your way, so it's in your way. He like, was in the cutscene. We mm-hmm. gotta know what's going on with literally everything in this cutscene. But this fight is really cool. So it is very cool. Tell me about it. Well, first he opens up
3: and has like a Bahamut-like dragon upper half, like underneath the mask thing that from before, which is pretty rad and it has a couple of attacks fulminous firestorm and bone chilling berserker they do a lot of damage they possibly inflict imperil and it changes to haka's weaknesses which
0: i didn't notice this that its weakness changed which is a bummer but well that's because all the abilities are the same with different particle effects why would you notice Mm -hmm. that would be cool if you had to like Actually, I lied. It wouldn't be cool. I was going to say, what if your AI didn't know the weaknesses and change, but all that would do is drag the fight on longer? Yeah. Well, he's got a
3: couple other moves. Foul Utterance dispels three of your buffs, which didn't affect me because I wasn't using buffs. Diluvial Plague dispels four buffs and inflicts many status effects. So this fight ended up taking me like three tries, mostly because I would get to the end and then I would get inflicted with a bunch of debuffs and then I would just get murdered. And it was super frustrating, even though this fight was a lot of fun. But for me, getting through the fight, especially that end part of the fight, I had to go into combat clinic and manually use a suno Because, the you know, the AI healing will do damage first and then status effects. So, like, if you end up just mashing auto heal, it takes too long to get the status effects off. And then you're still taking damage because you're deshelled or, or, you know, whatnot. The Medic AI is so bad. It's pretty bad. So, like, I ended up, like, manually putting in double Asuna's until everyone was gone.
0: Because Vanille, I knew, was just going to keep casting Cura until everybody was cured of the damage first. You know what's really frustrating? Yeah. Is that it's so bad for no reason. Because doing the post game, I've noticed that stuff like Synergist buff order mm-hmm. is different for every boss. Even if you haven't libra them or attacked them yet. So they manually programmed in here's what you should do in order. So the medic AI is bad all of the time for no reason.
3: Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, like, yeah, and there's definitely times when I am in a combat clinic and there's one person left to heal. I'm like, I will only use two cures because I know Vanille's going to do five on him and it'll be up to full. So I'll just end up wasting turns. A little bit of micromanaging.
2: Luckily, you can avoid all of the status effects if you tell Sid to pull the airship back in time.
0: (laughs) Maybe, maybe. What if we talked about a really good boss fight like every?
2: <laughs> Uh, You can cut this part out, but I think it would be funny. We should just go back and record all of these episodes if the, the joke is that I think we're talking about Final Fantasy X the whole time.
0: I would kill myself <laughs> if we had to re-record this. This is way long. Yeah, it's
2: way too late for that joke, but I wish I had thought of it sooner.
0: Uh, I mean, like this is games more Final Fantasy VII than
2: anything. It feels very much like X to me in its structure.
3: At this point, it's more like X. Yeah, like prior to that, like a lot of the theming and, and design looks very seven, but that kind
0: of fell off by the time we got the pulse. Yeah, no, I'm,
2: I only mean in terms of the gameplay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it plays the same. It's a giant hallway just like ten was. It's very funny. Nobody complained about that.
1: Well, yeah. uh, okay. I don't want to get into it right now, but there's like a big difference between Final Fantasy ten and Final Fantasy thirteen.
2: Yeah, only one of them is fun, right? <laughs> Uh,
1: should we move on? shots
2: fired
3: (laughs) yeah no it's funny because we haven't talked about this at all but have y'all uh followed the spoody experiment before and watched any of his final fantasy review stuff like i know it he he's been like kind of milkshake ducked and things have been bad for a while but wait who who i didn't catch the name uh the spoody experiment no i antweiler no oh like he was famous for like his final fantasy 8 review no i know who
1: you i just didn't hear the name correctly i know who Spoonie is i just never watched his stuff
3: yeah he did a final fantasy 13 review which it's funny because he noticed a lot of the same things we've noticed but also on top of that he did call out the final fantasy 10 hallway too it's the only time someone
0: actually said oh it's a giant hallway yeah we should talk about Final Fantasy X after 15 if we yeah. do 15. All
1: right. We should talk about Final Fantasy X after 15. If you want. Yeah. I'm serious. Justin,
0: you could be on on that season. Yeah, no, I, I want to forget that game. As soon as I finish it, I will forget it. Well, you don't like Final Fantasy? Fuck you, okay? <laughs> That's my depression game.
1: <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh,
0: so anyway, he's dead.
2: Boss is yeah. dead now, right? It's a good boss. Yeah. He's dead. They look out. They see Urba. Vanille remembers, this place used to be green and beautiful. Saz says, you're, you're going to be sad in the future. It's my prediction. <laughs> you're going to be sad.
0: In like 10 seconds. On a long enough timeline, we'll all be sad. Yeah. No, he's, he's objectively correct. <laughs> yeah.
2: Even if it's not about the thing that he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But party is once again hopeless because they don't think that they're going to be able to fix their fate.
0: Oh my God. I just had a realization. So after the section we're going to talk about next, your party is running down an empty highway towards where it's obviously broken for no reason. You have no motivation starting here to do anything you do next, other than that's where the game designer wanted you to go. Yeah, well, we should probably talk about that once we get there. Yeah, this pacing in the direction of this makes no sense. I didn't notice that until just now, but now I'm mad about it again. (laughs) Yeah, no, we'll get there in the next section. Yeah, let's talk about it.
3: So, I mean... Like, the scene where the, the reveal that where it was, like, a blasted out waste is, like, I think that's good. I think it's a good, you know, inversion of the expectations of... It should have been obvious because everything here looks post-apocalyptic. There are no people around. We haven't seen anybody. You know, and now that I think about it, we should have gone through a pulse work factory. Why did we do that instead of a mine? That would have been
0: cool. Anyway. Yeah. You know, the thing that bothers me the most here, like, you have this great reveal... Because you ride the elevator down, da- I'm sorry, I'm going to take your point, because I think it got cut down. Uh, you So you ride uh, the roll elevator down, yep. down the broken top of long half of the tower, thank God you didn't have to go through that part. Okay. And you start walking up through this mountain pass, and there's a hill, and I'm ready to crest it and look down into this desolate town that I'm just going to explore and find out what happened. And well, the first thing you see is a giant fucking enemy with a million hit points, and just... Yeah. This whole chapter
3: is full of these conversations about their motivation, about what their fate is, and about are they really making the right decision? Uh, oh, should we really do this? Oh, should we really do nothing? They literally have this same conversation about 10 times in this chapter, and it gets really tiresome because they don't say anything new. It's the same trite lines of encouragement over and over again. Like, if you cut those conversations, like, even by half and make rewrite a couple of them to actually have arcs, there, there are no character arcs in this second half. Like, in this chapter, there
0: isn't really a whole lot. No, but so. there, are,
2: there are pulse arcs, so, you know. Or at least uh, there's one.
0: Mm. So, we finally get into a Werba, and a Werba looks very dieselpunk. I did not write that. I don't know what I, that is. I
1: think it looks dieselpunk.
0: What is that? You know, it's actually, like, you know what? It's
1: like, a, you know, do you not want to get into it? No, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Fine. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like steampunk, but more towards the era of, like, early 1900s to, like, mid-1900s. Oh.
0: <laughs> okay, I, I forgot that people have nostalgia for that time we started ruining the planet. I googled dieselpunk, and it showed me a picture of a space marine, so... I thought it was Vin Diesel with his ears pierced. (laughs) Uh, So we get into a wereba, and apparently a looks like a very commune-like village. Yeah. I'm very confused about wereba. I can't quite tell, like, what level of, like, the civilization
3: progression it is, because it is both... Both Fang and Vanille have very sort of tribal, aboriginal-style designs to their clothing, and that's what they look like, and you're basically in Space Australia, right? And but at the space, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make that up. Fletch made that one up. So I'll give him credit for that. But, you know, I don't know whether or not they're supposed to be very tribal or, you know, a very like underdeveloped, but still have magical stuff. But like, there are highways here and there are street lamps and there are robots besides the automedons. You know, this isn't so much about the like cocoon being high tech and pulse being low tech. Yeah. It,
0: I don't know. It's just, I find right. it very confusing. Two points. Two points on this. One, Fang and Vanille stand out because they're like thousands of years old, aren't they? They were in stasis for like a thousand years. Right. But like, presumably the reason why
3: everything is destroyed, like, she recognizes the robot. Like, she recognizes Bakhti. Oh,
0: fuck, yeah, you're right, because she destroyed it. Right. So, <laughs> it's, so like everything, oh this, is all post
3: ap- this is all post-apocalypse from the war of transgression, like, 500 years ago like cocoon doesn't feel that much more advanced than pulses for being 500 years ahead but also pulse feels like not quite i don't know where they're supposed to
0: be so here's my other point which is now dramatically weaker i think
3: you're
2: just criticizing their fashion like that's their (laughs) culture man don't be so insensitive
3: (laughs) uh i guess they were really into yoga or something because like they look (laughs) you know what
0: I got nothing because okay, they're so supposed have you to be from a episode
2: of the Flintstones, they have highways and they dress in furs. It's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, but. And it's are. a living. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> right. They have a, a dinosaur that wakes them up like an alarm clock in the
0: morning. Why couldn't that happen here? He wakes them up before they go, go. Yeah. <laughs> Their cars
2: are all powered by foot.
0: I mean, clearly they rode I got. N- I have no jokes
3: for powered by foot. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's. Awerba is a strange mashup for me. That's, that's yeah. my point.
0: Well, as we run through the area, we basically do nothing but kill a lot of guys. Uh, there are Vitalas in the area, which are the heart things with the giant fuck you shield. There's are Seekers, which are these like weird blobs with like one giant arm. They're like, what if a tumor turned into had like a Geodude hand? They don't seem like very much, but they do a lot of damage. Like all of their attacks do AOE damage. So they just hit your party and you get to the, the beach area is full of big enemies. Uh, you run through the town, you can examine some stuff to get a little bit of backstory, but every time you want to do that, you have to fight more guys, so I did not. At one point you can find Bhakti, Vanille's old robot friend, who for some reason comes back in lightning returns. The Bhakti mm-hmm. side quest has the heroes look for the components all over the village to repair him. It takes a bit of time. He, even if all the components are found nearby the reward is a number of rare crafting materials uh you actually get rewarded again the more of pulse you have explored the better your reward is and uh at, like i did this later like in the post game and i got like two uh gold ingots and like a ton of crafting shit it was like half a million gil worth of stuff
3: yeah you should really you should really do this and don't be like me and Miss that room and have to go back through Awerba all the way again from the highway to. to... Oh yeah,
0: because if you don't do the stones, you don't get the warp point. So you just. Oh no! Yeah,
3: no, I I I did the warp point. Like I, you know, there's a there's a. Oh, we didn't stone. talk about Mithridates, by the way. Oh geez, oh should we go back? Ugh, I really want to talk about that. That fight was such. We'll a talk about it
0: in, in the mission list. Okay. Yeah, I
3: I missed Bakti. I had to then search for it and man i tried to look up videos on youtube and fucking nobody showed me where it was <laughs> it was taking forever i i ended up skipping a lot of these fights on the way back but it's totally worth it and there is a seat stone in the middle of town too that's a warp point which you'll definitely want just for Bhakti. that you fight a bunch of those uh you know
1: yeah, the yeah
3: and that that fight killed me once and then i did it again because i'm I'm dumb but
1: yeah I just used a uh, Deceptisol and got a Mm preemptive it wasn't too bad yeah if you yeah I should have
3: done that but like this whole Awerba thing gets built up so much and it's like a street with like two buildings in it and they get there they find nothing and then so basically now they have no idea what to do right why did they even go here well I mean presumably to fill out the backstory of uh, Fang and Vanille
2: well, Who cares? But it didn't do didn't that, really. Video say, didn't video say, like, oh, if we go to my city, there'll be people there that can help us?
0: Yeah, but we know it's obliterated already. Well, we or, know that.
2: Do they know that?
0: Yes, because says so, says so on top of the tower.
2: Yeah, but, do, like, does he know that? Like, <laughs> the like There to could see. be people living yes. in those ruins. He looks down and he's okay. like, okay, it's blown up.
0: Okay, yeah, sure, I'll give you that part where we go into the town. But here's where it gets super dumb. At the end of the village, we're going down a highway for no reason other than the highway is here. And like the 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 game, the video game part of the game, not the narrative part of the game, requires you to run all the way down the end of a broken highway that you can't even see the end because there are like buses across it and shit. It just It's a metaphor. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's it's a metaphor for the video game, where at the end you jump off the bridge because the, the game has gone off life, the rails. Life
2: is a highway. It's a metaphor. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I got white lines of fuck this shit running through my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, getting ahead to the summary, but
1: well, the at the end of this, <laughs> t-
0: <laughs>
3: the highway, <laughs> <laughs> and much like the game, it goes on forever. Mm-hmm. Well, at the end of this unnecessary highway, all of a sudden, Bartandalus shows up again. No, no, it's Sarah. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Not reading the thing. As they approach the end of the highway, Vanille's narration comes in and it recites a poem about Ragnarok. And Sarah shows up and she walks up the snow. He can tell there's something weird about her. He notices that before she starts getting all weird and telling, telling the party to destroy Orphan, and you know, puts on an evil smile. But yeah, this isn't actually Sarah. Although, she does call Lightning by her first real name, which is Claire. And that's weird and creepy.
2: Also, they cha- her name in Japanese was Eclair. Yes, it
3: was. Skirt. Yes, it was.
2: <laughs> and I don't know, I, I guess they changed it because Eclair is not a real person's name, but it is a real English word, and they're definitely not above just using weird bad names for things for no reason. I think they
0: changed it because I knew I would have referred to this revelation as a trash can eclair. Hmm. You guys not watch Seinfeld? No. I haven't in a long time. You should look up trash can eclair. It's a very good bit. Okay. I'll take your word for it.
3: It'll be in the show (laughs) notes, I swear. Yeah, I mean, they literally said I I forget if eclair in Japanese is like the name or like a name or something different, but they said like, yeah, they were going to make it in English and they're like that's a pastry. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, it's because she's sweet on the inside.
2: Are, are you also Toriyama? Dude,
0: she, she'd be full of snow no. cream. I don't know about that. Ah. <laughs> I mean, she spent a long time looking at his nipples. She could be into it. Oh, no.
2: No, it's, that's why, See, That was why I made the Toriyama joke, was because he said that Lightning has never had a relationship and never will because he can't stand the idea of her being with somebody other than him. And that is a real deaf quote. That is... I'm so angry. <laughs> that is awful.
0: <laughs> All right, let's talk about Bartendalus. Fucking podcast over. <laughs> okay. All right, All right.
3: Uh, So Sarah turns into Bartandalus Surprise, Barney's uh, back. Who
0: could have known it wouldn't
3: be real? Sarah. Oh yeah, because you know she's like a rock or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he monologues at the heroes again and lets them know what's going on in Cocoon, which is he resigned as Primark. He resurrected reigns as a actual manchurian candidate puppet to take his place and he basically said cocoon will destroy itself i will let cocoon destroy itself unless you still want to go and do it but hey maybe i'll kill you first
2: right i like his really intricate plan he's like well i've installed sid as the president and i've given some power to the rebels and the rebels We'll go to assassinate the president while at the same time a separate rebels. And he's got, he like outlines this, this huge plan. And he's like, but if you want to do it instead, like, you know, whatever, you, I'll still let you.
3: But it's like, hey, remember on Cocoon when, where th- all the things are happening? Yeah. You don't get yeah. to see that. <laughs> you fight, you fight him. Like why, why could it, like the, he was, they were literally gone for two days. <laughs> uh, so we have a boss battle with Bartandalus part
2: two. Yeah, Bar- Bartandalus 2, Electric Boogaloo. He looks different this time, though. He doesn't have any allies or, or little add-on bits. Yeah,
3: see, see, I went, I went with Hot Shots, and <laughs> you had to go with... Uh, anyway.
2: Well, I mean, it's because later in, the, later in the game, you fight him a third time for Bartandalus 3, Back in the Habit. Oh. So, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, <sighs> he casts Doom at the beginning of this fight, right? That, that's a thing that he does in all of his fights.
0: Uh no, I don't think he casts doom.
2: I thought he has I know he has it in the first one and the third one. I don't remember if he if he does doom here.
0: It happens near the end if you take 20 minutes.
2: Yeah. Well, so the, but what I meant is that there is that invisible doom timer ticking down.
3: Yeah, there there's always an invisible doom timer ticking down and I found that out in that uh that
0: hunt in the tower.
2: Like for every fight in the entire game?
0: Yeah, if, you yeah, take, if any it, fight goes on for 20 minutes, doom cat gets cast on wow, you automatically. Nah. Yeah. I guess you would only
2: run into it in boss battles. N-
3: no, because apparently I went on a hunt and it's supposed to take eight minutes. It took me a little over 20 and yeah, I got Doomcast on
0: me. Ah. I can't imagine spending 20 more minutes in that fucking tower. I guess that's oh just my like God. an
2: anti-turtle precaution that they wanted to take. That's really weird.
0: I don't get How it because like,
3: presumably you can get into a situation where you're basically in a, in a stalemate forever. But You'll like, win at a
2: hundred turns.
3: Yeah, so I guess they wanted to stop that, but
0: then why bother? It happens so rarely. Well, like think about it, like that could happen with the boxed phalanx thing, right? Like if you start yeah, defensive and then you can never get out from under it. Right.
3: Yeah, I, I guess, but like at that point you should know to reset and try again. Yeah. But I don't know.
2: So he shoots a laser at you, he he debuffs magic, he puts days and, and curse, and he can do later in the fight pain and fog. He can purge himself and you. And he still has Thanatosian laughter. I don't know. I liked every single one of the fights with this guy. I felt because I didn't do any grinding in this game, I was always like on the back foot in these fights because of the timers, which is the only time I ever ran into them. But mm-hmm. I, I used summons a lot to cheese Doom because Doom clock does not run while there are summon animations going
1: on.
0: Ah, you can choose a lot of things with army of one. Do
1: I'm no one's slave. Yep.
0: Yeah. This is a pretty good fight. It's less good than the last one because there's just less going on, right? You don't have like the Ayats and Payats. And then his numbers are just higher. So it's the same thing, but simpler. But your party's margins are still thinner. It wasn't hard. It wasn't challenging, right? But it still took a long time because uh, my party set up in Paradigm deck, my party's very modal, where I'm either doing a lot of damage or no damage right now at this point. I don't have like diversity or anything like that for this fight.
1: I struggled a little bit. Uh, eventually, his debuffs and his attacks overwhelmed me, and I was stuck reviving allies and reapplying buffs while his health hovered on the last sliver.
3: Yeah, that's a real problem with some of these bigger fights because bosses in some hunts, like right at the end, they'll start casting a lot of debuffs or doing other things to they'll slow do you Behemoth down. They'll do
0: Behemoth or the big one.
3: Oh, yeah. And what ends up happening is, yeah, you end up being in like a heal recovery phase and you can't get the stagger meter out, which means you can't do good damage. And you just, the end of the fight just ends up dragging out because you didn't have like 5% more damage at some point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a bummer. Uh, so for me, I had a real good time with this fight. I aced it. Basically, what I did was when I did the Bhakti thing, he gives you like three platinum ingots and a bunch of extra stuff. And so my party was still lightning, fang, and vanille. And I upgraded their weapons like super high, like they were all in the 30s of level two. I just basically loaded up on debuffs on him because, you know, double sabs are great. And it made staggering him really easy because he can get imperiled. You can slow him, which makes the lasers less of a problem, and I just rushed him down that way, and, you know, he doesn't remove his debuffs super fast, so I just steamrolled him.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, that's the end of that fight, I guess.
1: the battle Bartandalus is still alive and he says the same things as before they must fulfill their focus and destroy Cocoon Bartandalus is familiar Minerva transforms into a ship once again right so again for one thing the Minerva
3: thing is still really funny to me that he has like a little pet owl like for like Jason and the Argonauts but
1: or like in uh sword in the stone the Disney film or Clash except of that owl is way more sassier this owl doesn't this owl is like really cold hearted. Yeah. And and
3: we have another conversation of, do we do what the thing says, I guess, but we'll do it differently.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, I can't stand the latter half of this story. Like, I mean like this part, because like there's no drive. And like you said, it's just restating themes and like motivations and it doesn't land.
3: Right. And at this point it literally says everything you did on pulse didn't matter. Because everything that's actually happening is on Cocoon. So now it's time to go back to Cocoon because we
0: ran out of things to do at Pulse. We didn't have anything to do on Pulse. So at least nothing significant. Like No, we just got taken here. And then we did, Then Bartandalus, after he just like crushed my will for 12 hours, then said, okay, we're done here. Time to go back.
3: Yeah, bad pacing again. And what's even worse pacing is a Seethstone pops up here. And instead of being like a normal Seethstone. This one tells you the backstory of the Pulse version of the War of Transgression and the summoning of Ragnarok. You know, it's just as jingoy and whatever nationalistic as the reports on Cocoon were, so it's an interesting foil in that sense. But this is real lazy writing. This was just literally, let's just give him the answer to the story of this half, and then we just get to move on with the plot. And you have
0: to listen to this. You can't skip it. Hey, you know what that's not even the plot the real plot happens in the ending cutscene. yep but yeah and again this turns into another speech about saving
3: cocoon and if the people in the cocoon hate lissy the heroes still have to go and try to talk to them to convince them not to hate them i guess
2: and then they get on a ship and leave
0: yep and that finally brings chapter 11 to a close does anybody have any closing thoughts about the back half of chapter 11 or Chapter 11 in general? This was the best chapter. Staying on brand there, I see.
1: I, like, if I was playing this normally, in which I'd do a lot of, like, side quests and just focus on, like, battles and just having a good time, it probably would be, like, really fun. But, like, when you focus on the plot and the story and getting involved in the story, it just falls apart. It's not fun.
0: Oh, f- yeah, dude, it was interminable. And now that we've talked about it, I originally wrote that there's a lot of good shit in this chapter and it's front-loaded, but it turns out all the good stuff is in the CGI cutscene. Yep, the CGI cutscene is great and the one beginning next chapter is amazing. Oh, it's so <laughs> it's so Okay, the ne- next chapter is very good until like you go indoors right. and then it just needs to end. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think there are good fights in here. I mean, I struggled for the first half like I said. I was okay with this, although I ended up in a couple of fights that were really obnoxious, like the hunt that I didn't get to talk about.
0: We're going to talk about all of the hunts, Uh Matt. uh It's not a mandatory hunt.
3: We're not going to talk about it. I know.
0: I thought it was mandatory because
3: I
2: thought it was a warp stone, but it's not.
0: (laughs) I've been recording this podcast for four hours. (laughs) I expect to hear a bunch of memes like, I will hunt you down. Well, (laughs) no. Matt can talk about it by himself because he hunts alone. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Let the hunt begin. (laughs) uh so
3: anyway yeah yeah i've i've stayed a lot about my problems with this uh i'm glad it's over and i just guys if you're gonna play along do some hunts get off the main path for a little
0: bit do not do this in a single seven hour sitting no
3: do not do this or in a weekend even like spread it out please do yourself a favor i made a day of this and i hated it yeah i'm basically just telling this to jared who's like the one guy who's like playing along with the podcast right now
0: which good on him oh my god The only time I have for video games is giant blocks on Saturday and Sunday, and as a result, I just see this game in just very long stretches and realize that it gets way more flawed as it goes on.
3: (laughs) All right, you can email the show using our contact form on our website, lightningstrikesthrice.com or you can tweet us at lightxthrice.com and Facebook at facebook.com slash lightxthrice. We can also email us at contact at
0: lightningstrikesthrice.com you can listen to my other podcast uh, my other network podcast Magmar Sucks, where we are building an ordered list of all Pokemon from most to least interesting one Pokemon at a time. Do you guys have anything to share with the listeners? I think I've talked about enough
1: plugs on this podcast
3: specifically. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's it for me.
1: Uh, I'm doing a Let's Play of New Threat, a gameplay mod for Final Fantasy 7. It's a lot of fun and I'm having a lot of fun just editing it and Performing it, I'm having a good time.
2: You can listen to my podcast, Red Pages Podcast, and it's Spinoff Podcast Dark Pages Podcast at redpagespodcast.com. We interview game developers and authors and stuff about the, the things that they've made, and we've had a lot of good guests. So I would say check it out if you like video games and want to hear about the people who made them. Also, you can check out my video game, Frog Fractions 2, on
0: Steam and Humble. Well, you've been listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a Pitch Drop podcast. We'll see you one week from now where we talk about Chapter 12 and the Fowl Seas War on Cocoon. Goodbye for now.